Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, where we discuss all things mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. To get more information and resources, visit the website at therapyforblackgirls.com. And while I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 45 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. I hope that you're having an amazing week. I know that I am. I'm still riding the high from my trip to Wakanda this weekend. I hope that each of you also got your entire life at Black Panther or that you definitely will soon. While Black Panther is the must-see movie that we're talking about this year, last year this time, we were all likely discussing another very popular movie, Get Out. This past Monday marked the one-year anniversary since the release of Get Out, so it seems fitting that our episode this week focuses on hypnotherapy. For today's episode... I'm joined by Gina Golden. Gina is a licensed clinical social worker, psychotherapist, speaker, trainer, coach, and author in Atlanta, Georgia. She received her Bachelor's of Social Work from Temple University in 1991 and her Master's of Social Work from Clark Atlanta University School of Social Work in 1993. She was trained in hypnotherapy in 2014. Her holistic therapy practice embraces a mind, body, and soul-centered approach that focuses on helping clients discover their divine inner power to help heal their suffering. The therapeutic modalities that resonate with her are cognitive behavioral therapy and solution-focused therapy. She uses mindfulness techniques and strength-based approaches to hypnotherapy in her practice as well. Ms. Golden's clients enjoy the complementary modalities she incorporates in her practice, such as her training as a doula, Reiki and energy practitioner, healing crystals, aromatherapy, and neurocoach leadership training to serve her clients. Gina is passionate about coaching and training pre-licensed mental health professionals slay test anxiety to get licensed through the use of holistic and neuroscience-based research. She is affectionately called the inner coach because her mission is to help people eliminate their inner critic and embrace their inner coach for success. Gina and I discuss some of the common misconceptions about hypnotherapy, what kinds of concerns it's useful for, and she shares the details about what actually happens in a hypnotherapy session. Here's our conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gina. Thank you so much for having me and greetings to you and your listeners. So I'm very excited to have you on the podcast to talk about one of your specialties, which is hypnotherapy. So can you start by giving us a definition of what the hypnotherapy is? Yes. So hypnotherapy is a very natural process. Um, and what it is, is um, it's an altered state of mind. So it's, it's a place where your critical factor in your conscious mind, um, it gets relaxed during hypnotherapy. And there's more focus, 
focus and inner concentration, right? And so um, I help my clients to kind of enter into this space. And, and so most people can understand it in terms of being in a deeply relaxed um, situation where your body's relaxed, your mind is relaxed. And the reason why this is important is because it facilitates communication between our conscious mind and our subconscious mind. And so hypnosis, like I said, is very easy. It's um, many of us are, um, we experience what we call highway hypnosis, where we're driving and maybe we're entranced by the, the white lines on the road or the yellow lines, or we just allow our unconscious to kind of drive for us in a sense where we don't have to think about um, making a left turn or a right turn, we just kind of do it automatically. And, we, and then we end up at our destination and wonder, oh my God, I got home so quickly, or how did I get to you know the store? I wasn't even thinking about it. So on an unconscious level, um, we kind of go into an altered state um, several times throughout the day. So um, hypnotherapy is really just that process. Um, and my job is to kind of help facilitate that process. Um, and it is an adjunct therapy. So it's uh, many times it's a complementary, complementary therapy to other therapies, such as like CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy and other modalities. So, yeah, so that's generally what hypnosis and hypnotherapy is. Okay. So what do you do to encourage this state? So with the driving example is excellent because I can, I, you know, catch myself doing that. Like, Oh, I don't even remember like what turns I made to get home because you of course take the same routes and it's just very natural. Um, so what kinds of things do you do in the office to like encourage us to get into that state? Yeah. So the key, one of the key things is to, um, just explain to the client what is about to happen. So just giving them a lot of education and feedback about the process, first of all, helps to um, relinquish some of the anxiety about, you know, entering hypnosis. Um, and so then I would always ask the person to get into a really comfortable uh, position for themselves and for some clients that's sitting straight up you know with their feet flat on the floor but most of them are okay with lying down so it's like an old school uh, a psychodynamic experience where you're laying down on the sofa you know with your feet up um, and other clients prefer to be reclined back in a reclining chair um, and then some of my clients take off their shoes or kind of loosen their belts a little bit anything that's going to get them in a physically relaxed situation. And then of course, um, the lighting, the tone, the warmth of the office, you know, the comfort, you know, the comfort level in the space kind of helps them to kind of automatically start to feel um, more relaxed. So, um, um, you know, just with me talking with them and helping to um, give them some good um, feedback and some suggestions, sometimes I do um, progressive muscle relaxation or take them through a guided imagery experience um, and all of that is called an induction and so once they enter um, into this induction which involves a lot of you know slow deep breathing um, my voice my tone will help them to relax deeper and deeper and obviously with the words that I'm using and so it's really just a process of physically relaxing as well as mentally relaxing. And so once they relax, then we can go about the business of 
of the suggestive process and what happens during the um, entire hypnotherapy session. Okay, that all sounds very like comfortable. I could imagine <laughs> people probably almost want to fall asleep like when they get in this comfortable position and you're like everything's quiet, the lighting may be a little dim. It feels like it would be very easy to fall asleep and not, you know, necessarily be able to pay attention. <laughs> so you yeah, mentioned okay, some people do fall asleep, but oh, wow. I, I, I gently bring them back um, to the awareness of the room. And that and the reason why people fall asleep is because most people are just not really used to relaxing that deeply without going to sleep because right. we're just conditioned that we kick off our shoes and we lay back. That's a seat position. Right. So it's just a training of, of, you know, helping to condition, recondition them so that they'll know that I'm not sleeping, but I am like in a sleep state. Got you. Okay. So you mentioned that one of the first things that happens is a lot of education. Um, And so I do want to hear more about like some of the misconceptions that people might have, even when they come to you for hypnotherapy. Yeah, so there are a lot of misconceptions and Hollywood, of course, doesn't make that really easy for us. Um, But some of the misconceptions is, you know, just fearing that it's mind control. You know, and I always tell them that, you know, hypnotherapy is not mind control. Um, And I encourage them to think, hey, if anyone can control your mind, it's really you. Um, Hypnotherapy does not um, uh, put you under a spell, right? It only relaxes you to be more open and receptive to positive suggestions and imagery, um, just so you can reach your personal goals. So that's what I let them know. Another thing they think that they can get stuck in hypnosis um, and so I always let them know that no one has ever really gotten stuck in hypnosis. In fact, um, I let them know they can stop at any time. You know, I really want to encourage them that they have a lot of power in this process. So if they want to stop, they can simply tell me, hey, I want to stop. Guess what? They can actually open their eyes. They can sit up. They can they could do any of those type of behaviors. However, they typically don't because the feeling of being that relaxed and feeling that safe, they just don't want to like disrupt that experience. But just knowing that they can disrupt it and stop it um, empowers them and makes them feel good. Um, Another thing or another misconception is that they'll be made a fool of themselves or do something weird, right? Like quack like a duck or, you know, bark like a dog or something like that. And I just encourage them that their ego is still intact, right? So anything that they wouldn't normally do, um, generally, they would not do in this um, situation. Um, And that also another thing they think is, oh, well, would I tell you things that I don't really want to tell people? Is it like a truth serum? And I say, no, it's not a truth serum. You know, like you Um, you still have a choice in terms of what you share and what you don't share. Um, So it's no, it's no, you know, pulling things from you that you really didn't want to share in that moment. Um, You still have that part about you that's fully aware and that you just won't share certain things when you're not ready. So Gina, as you're talking, a lot of this really sounds like Um, you know, and of course, much of the therapeutic relationship is related to being able to trust your therapist and feeling like it's a safe space, but it feels like that there's an additional layer here, um, because somebody is in such a relaxed state that they may be a little even more vulnerable and really have to have a trusting relationship with you for this to be successful. 
Oh, absolutely. And that's why I don't typically do hypnosis with a client, with a new client right away. So I wait until we're several sessions deep before we start engaging in that because I'm very clear that I want them to feel safe with me. I want them to feel safe in my environment. And I never want them to have any experience like the Get Out movie or anything like that where they just are terrified and they're trembling and they're, you know, they're shifting and nervous because that can happen. But I get a lot of calls from people saying, you know, what are you going to do? How is it going to feel? You know, um, I'm nervous. You know, my friend told me to come, but I'm afraid. So safety and fear, relaxing, all of that is just key to a successful relationship between the hypnotherapist and the client because I kind of I tell them you know we're we're traveling on this journey together so I'm sort of now I don't want to open up a a whole um, ball of wax here but I sort of go through my own entrancement at the same time so I'm right there with them you know it's not me uh, with all this power and all this control it's us together traveling so you mentioned um, Get Out, and you mentioned that Hollywood doesn't typically do us any favors when they portray hypnosis on the big screen. And so I know for a lot of people, Get Out will be their most recent experience with seeing like hypnosis um, in a movie. And so it probably freaked a lot of people out. You know, you talked about getting stuck, and he, of course, got stuck in the sunken place. And so I just wanted to hear your thoughts about how you thought hypnosis was um, portrayed in that movie and like the accuracy or inaccuracy of those scenes yes okay so uh so stage hypnotists and the media especially the hollywood especially hollywood of course you know they've exploited a lot of these um general fears that we kind of all have about hypnosis and hypnotherapy um and it's for their own entertainment value and i get that (laughs) But what it did is um, it continues to perpetuate um, this misunderstanding about what what it is that I do and other, you know, and other hypnotherapists do. Um, And it's sort of part of our American psyche now, the the culture of of our psyche in terms of how we think about hypnosis and where we automatically go to when we think about that. Um, And so the movie Get Out, you know, again, this further perpetuates this uh, depiction of false stereotypes, of hypnotherapists taking control over someone's mind. So while it's entertaining, it's incorrect. Um, And of course, I think with people of color, it adds a whole other layer because many of us, um, generations back and even current day, we tend to be more skeptical of um, the medical profession, right? Mainly because of our history of being misled, misdiagnosed, or untreated by m- medical professionals. And so, again, the hypnotherapist kind of falls under a mental, you know, it's a mental health professional, someone that has your best interest at heart. And so, a lot of people of color are just fearful in general about, you know, seeing a medical doctor, a psychiatrist, a psychotherapist, and now a hypnotherapist. So, um, so basically, um, in the movie, the main character, you know, one of the biggest things that stuck out for me was he was just simply unwilling. He was an unwilling participant. And the, the, the mother of the, of his girlfriend in the movie, I mean, she took it upon herself to start asking him questions about 
his cigarette smoking and she, you know, kind of got him in there and got him engaged about his cigarette smoking. But he was very apprehensive right at the start. And then gradually she started talking about his childhood and, um, you know, brought up some memories about him waiting for his mother, you know, and, and he was, he was obviously distressed by it, but she kept pushing and kept taking him to a place that he did not want to go. So that part right there um, rubbed me, you know, the wrong way because that is not a true depiction of a hypnotherapist. Like if a client is distressful about a particular topic, I'm not going to push them into talking or exploring that area, not in that moment, because they obviously, you know, don't want to explore that. And so you have to be a willing participant, right? You have to decide that you want to um, explore this particular goal that you have for yourself. And so in that movie, he, he wasn't a, a willing participant. He did not identify a particular goal that he wanted to work on. And on top of that, he was restrained <laughs> and he was isolated and he was held captive. So these are all the makings of, you know, what you don't do as a hypnotherapist. So although it was very funny and kind of scary and very entertaining, it just was not a true depiction of hypnotherapy. <laughs> so teacups are typically not used as a part of hypnotherapy. <laughs> no, although <laughs> I do have a teacup in my office that I use quite frequently <laughs> because I love herbal tea. <laughs> and um, um, I was telling you earlier, my son, you know, a couple of days after the movie, I was drinking my tea and I was stirring it so slowly and methodically. And he was like, mom. And I was like, what? <laughs> Are you trying to hypnotize me? I'm like, no. And so that was a running joke. But so, yeah, um, I would never use my tea, my tea stirring um, technique to um, put someone into a hypnotic state. <laughs> Got you. So <laughs> what kinds of concerns um, is hypnotherapy typically good for? So that's a good question. Um, because hypnosis and hypnotherapy can really be used for a wide range of things, but is most notably um, um, recognized for smoking cessation, for instance, or, or stop smoking. Um, or losing weight or, you know, gaining a, a healthy weight balance, which I like to say instead of uh, weight loss. Um, it's also great for um, types, different types of anxiety, even trauma, um, pain management. A lot of people who are having dental procedures, for instance, um, use um, hypnosis to help them through that process. Uh, sports performance. So I have a few clients that come to me. There's um, they, they are athletes, and so I help them with uh, hypnosis to help them to get to a special place that they want in their sports performance. Um, a lot of stress management, people come to a hypnotherapist to, you know, manage their stress or reduce their stress um, to improve their sleep. Um, and even digestive conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, like, you know, the National Institute of Health did a uh, a study on irritable bowel syndrome and found that hypnotherapy is very effective. Um, people come for confidence building, uh, relaxation, uh, bad habits like biting their nails, um, childbirth hypnosis, and even test anxiety. 
So those are just a few of the things that people come um, seeking services for. Okay, so can you tell us a little more about like what will happen then after, you know, like you've done all of the explanation and the education about what's going to happen, um, what actually happens after you have them in the inductive state like you mentioned? Yeah, so what typically happens, again, you know, their body uh, tends to relax. So you may see their arms falling by the side or their mouths might gape open. And some people cry, but not necessarily because of an emotional uh, discharge, but um, there's something that happens with our, with our eyes called lacrimation, where tears might just come, just, just because that's a physiological response sometimes. Uh, some people get really cool, and some people get really hot. You know, some people jerk or move as they're kind of like discharging, you know, some energy from their body. And others just look and appear as if they're asleep. And some people actually do fall asleep. So it, it ranges in terms of um, people's responses. So um, depending, and I have a, a bunch of different techniques that I use. So depending on the technique that I use, um, um, the client's response is different. So sometimes I'll have a very engaging technique where they're actually talking to me while still being in a very light trance-like state. And so we're able to dialogue at that point, while other times they're, they're listening only to my voice. They're listening, I may have some soft music, um, and they're only listening to the sound and the monotony and the repetition of my voice. And um, so, yeah, so that's typically what happens. And then um, after they're fully relaxed and I get a sense that they're at a, space where their critical, um, their conscious mind is much more relaxed now, and their critical factor is relaxed, then I start to infuse them, them with various suggestions. So we call this suggestion, suggestion therapy. And these are always thoughts and ideas and conversations that we had prior to the hypnotic state, so that there is an agreement that what I'm going to say, they're okay with that. So I never say things that they're like, wait a minute, I, don't, I didn't agree to that, or I don't like that, or that doesn't resonate with me. So I always want to check in and make sure that the words and the phrases that I use resonate with them. Therefore, they can receive it and be more open to receive it on a subconscious level. And then, of course, as we go through that process, I will count them out of hypnosis. Um, because I say out and in. I don't say they go under hypnosis. A lot of people say under. And so that feels like under my spell. I always say go in, right? And so if I'm encouraging them to go in, then I count them out. And so it's usually a count to five. And then I let them know as I'm counting, I'm uh, reincorporating the things that we talk about. I'm, you know, filling their spirit up with like the energy, the empowerment to want to go out and begin to do these things. And then they slowly come back into the room. They get more aware. I help them to kind of get an awareness of where they are, you know, what environment they're in. And, and then I have them kind of stretch when they open their eyes. I give them a cue to open their eyes. And I always have them stretch and smile. And then when they sit up, you know, I tell them, instruct them to sit up very slowly. And because some people can really go way out, you know, 
almost have a dissociative experience where they kind of, you know, get out of their body for a moment. And so I always want to make sure that they're fully integrated and that when they sit up, I have them, you know, do a grounding technique where they just kind of get back into the space. And then we talk about it and we process what took place. So that's a typical session. Okay, so it sounds like a lot of what you're doing is really trying to kind of reach the subconscious because I'm guessing that the thinking is, you know, that there are some subconscious factors at play with some of the decisions that they're making and, you know, some of the behaviors that they may want to change. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And oftentimes, we know that in talk therapy, you know, the client that's sitting right across from you is very conscious, right? So everything, they're alert, they're processing, they're using their logic, they're using their inductive reasoning and their deductive reasoning and all their senses are on high alert. And so they're, they're able to, like, there's a part of the conscious mind that filters um, information in and out to to see if it's congruent with the subconscious beliefs that are kind of going on underneath. And so with hypnosis, I'm just relaxing that part of their conscious awareness so that they can't dispute and push and block some of that information that they need to heal. Okay. Sounds very interesting, Mm -hmm. Gina. So do you (laughs) think that there are some concerns or some people who would not be a good fit for hypnotherapy? Oh, yes, absolutely. So for one, I typically will not do hypnotherapy for someone with a severe uh, mental health concern, uh, someone who may be psychotic or delusional. Um, Also, people that may have a personality disorder, I find them to kind of be more resistive to this type of treatment, as well as people with dissociative identity disorders, uh, because we really don't want to confuse them and send them down, you know, a road that they don't really are not prepared to go down. And so we don't want to deal with someone with a dissociative identity disorder. Um, Also people with intellectual disabilities. So um, because they require some level of insight and judgment. And so, you know, people with intellectual disabilities are not really good candidates for it. And anyone who comes to me that is forced to come or coerced to come, like, oh, my husband is making me come or my sister told me I better come or they came and I'm just want to try it out. Those people tend not to do so well because they're not really coming from a place of I want to do this. I'm at this place where I feel like this will be a healing modality for me. Um, And also another not so good fit is someone who is extremely fearful of losing any level of control. So even though they don't lose control in this setting, if they kind of like, if that's just part of their trait to always feel like I have to be really, really, really in, in control. And, you know, this might be a person who just can't even meditate because they just can't like not close their eyes in a room of other people or just have to be on high alert. Sometimes these people are not great candidates, although they can morph into that, you know, into a good fit over time once we establish a rapport and, you know, establish some safety in the space, then they can, you know, actually become a good fit. But if initially, if they're that way, then I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't go there. Okay, got you. 
So if someone mm-hmm. feels like they want to work with a hypnotherapist and they feel like, oh, this might be something that would be a good modality for me to address my concerns, are there certain things that they should be looking for in terms of like choosing a provider? Are there certain credentials or things that people should be mindful of? Yes. Um, so I think that a person who wants to do this, I think that they one should um, consider the commitment to the process, you know, ask themselves, you know, how much of a commitment am I willing to make? Because it's not really a one-time fix. And if any hypnotherapist says that, that I would, I would be cautious that, you know, yeah, just come one time and your, you know, your problems are, you know, resolved. I would be cautious about that. So I would suggest that the client consider their commitment as well as ask that question, of the hypnotherapist, like how much of a commitment, time commitment, emotional commitment is this? Um, And of course, you know, that along with that would be how many sessions do they think um, or does the hypnotherapist think that is a prescribed amount of sessions for that particular issue, concern, or problem? Um, uh, And absolutely, the, the, the person that is seeking hypnotherapy should definitely inquire about training and um, credentialing or any other types of experience that the hypnotherapist has. Um, And of course, um, the client might want to consider, does their health insurance pay for this? Um, Is this something that they would have to pay out of pocket? Like where does the payment come from? Is it their responsibility or an insurance responsibility? Um, And then I would also encourage them to ask the hypnotherapist, well, what is it that you specialize in or or what is it that you absolutely don't work with? That way, you know, everyone is pretty much clear at the onset. Um, And again, um, I would caution people to be um, very leery of someone who says, well, I could fix your problem in one session. So I just think that there's more involved with, um, with the process of healing than one session from any modality can offer. Um, And so just keep in mind that hypnosis certification is a voluntary process. So some states do require registration while others have certain guidelines. And then some restrict certain usage of terms. Like in some states, you have to call yourself a hypnotist. In other states, it's hypnotherapist. In other states, it could be consultant hypnotist consulting hypnotist, et cetera. So it's various titles. So um, it's great for the client to kind of get a sense of, um, is this person using the correct title for the state in which I reside? Oh, that's really good information, Gina. I like that. Mm-hmm. So for anybody who wants to, you know, find more information about hypnotherapy or kind of maybe do some more reading or listening to information about hypnotherapy, do you have any favorite resources that you want to suggest for people? Yeah. Um, so a lot of the information is mainly geared toward professionals, but, um, but there is some information out there, such as the American Psychological Association have a wonderful article on hypnosis. Um, there's a YouTube video called Brain Biology of Hypnosis and Hypno- Hypnotizability by Dr. David Spiegel, who's a psych- uh, psychiatric, um, psychiatry professor at Stanford University. And then I have a YouTube uh, video called What to Expect for Your First Hypnotherapy Session. So those three you know, resources can help the person kind of get a better sense of what is hypnosis and what are, what are some of the expectations. 
Perfect. And like I said, I will include all of those in the show notes for people to be able to find that very easily. So is there anything going on in your practice, Gina, that you want to share with people and want to make them aware of? Yes. So um, I am actually in the process of uh, doing, well, I offer individual, group, and as well as an e-course on slaying test anxiety. Um, And the focus is mainly for um, pre-licensed mental health professionals. And I use a holistic approach to um, overcoming test anxiety. Um, I also on my website, I love to share um, 23 questions to ask your hypnotherapist um, before you set an appointment. So that's also on my website for someone to kind of have a a resource. So when they do call, they'll kind of know what kinds of questions to ask. And um, also a couple of times a year, I offer um, a therapy group on slaying the Uh, your inner critic and embracing your inner coach. Um, So my slogan is, you know, slaying your inner critic and embrace your inner coach for success. So it's a group of women and we meet um, for about six weeks and we kind of process that and go through uh, different um, healing modalities, alternative healing practices to kind of slay that inner critic so that they can, you know, have a healthier lifestyle. And what else? I have um, self-guided CDs that I have on my website. And I also create customized CDs. So if someone has a very specific concern, I will definitely um, be able to talk with them, kind of establish what that concern or problem or issue is. And I can create a CD or a MP3 download so that you can listen to it in your own privacy of your own home and um, uh, deal with what your issue is. It doesn't replace going to see a therapist, but it's just a type of um, self-guided self-hypnosis that you can use um, even in conjunction with seeing a psychotherapist. And lastly, I have a a mini workshop on test anxiety. um, And this is for people who are traveling with us on a cruise to Cuba and the Bahamas. Um, So if someone is going on this cruise with us in May, then of course um, they would get a mini workshop with me on test anxiety. So those are some of the things I'm working on right now. I think a book is coming down the pike and some workbooks. Um, but right now, that's what I got going on. <laughs> that definitely is a lot, Gina. It sounds like you're very busy. <laughs> yeah. So can you give us um, the, the address for your website? What's your website? So my website is www.innercoachhypnotherapy.com. And any social media handles you want to share? Yes, yeah, so I'm on Facebook at Inner Coach ATL, short for Atlanta. Um, and yeah, my website and the Facebook, those are the two primary um, social media platforms. And of course, I'm in the Therapy for Black Girls directory. Uh, <laughs> you can find me in the, <laughs> under Georgia, <laughs> the state of Georgia. So yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Gina. I really appreciate you sharing all this information with us today. Oh, you're welcome, Joy. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Gina was such a delight to chat with. I definitely learned more about hypnotherapy than I knew before, and I hope you did too. Make sure to check out all the awesome resources she mentioned in the show notes, which can be found at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 45. We'd love to hear if any of you have tried hypnotherapy before, or if you feel inspired to check it out after hearing today's episode. 
Share your thoughts with us on social media by using the hashtag TBG in session. You can also tag our social media accounts. We're therapy for the number four B girls on Twitter and therapy for black girls on both Instagram and Facebook. This week, I also dropped the first installment of my weekly newsletter called Sweet Tea Sunday. This will be my opportunity to chat with you all outside of the podcast to share books and articles I think you'd like, shows that I'm currently watching, and important updates in the world of therapy for Black girls. If you want to receive future editions of the newsletter, make sure to add your information at therapyforblackgirls.com slash sweet tea. If you're looking for a therapist in your area, make sure to check out the therapist directory, which can be found at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. And if you want to have a place to chat about the episode with other listeners or to discuss other topics that are relevant to you, join us over in the Thrive Tribe, which is our Facebook community. You can request to join at therapyforblackgirls.com slash tribe. Please continue to share your love for the podcast by sharing it in your Insta stories, on Twitter, and texting those who should also check it out. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please also consider leaving us a review. Thanks again for joining me this week. I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care. Take good care.